Hey, everybody. We're Bob and Audrey, a husband and wife team. And this is our podcast all about relationships. We are marriage and relationship enthusiasts. Believe me, there is a God-given design to thrive in both life and love. And we think that Jesus is amazing and worth following with everything you have. On this podcast, we are putting together the truth and best practices we have learned over our 35 years of marriage, and more specifically, over the past 18 years, where we have spent our lives helping people love their relationships. After getting through our own family crisis, we became passionate about rescuing and mentoring others. We have authored numerous books and developed on-demand courses that can be found on our website, lovemarriedlife.com. And with all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. We are so glad you've joined us for our (laughs) podcast. It is all about relationships. We're Bob and Audrey. And again, I'm just smiling and happy that you're here with us. (laughs) I love it. We love new people. We love Mm -hmm. meeting new people. But it's always so great to know that our goal and desires are always the Mm -hmm. same. Like, how can our relationships feel closer and how can we share our dreams? Yeah. And thanks for listening and valuing, you know, this. You know, Audrey and I, we... We, we, we like you. We all work hard, but <laughs> yes. I know that this is a deposit. This is something that you listen to and you cherish. And so yeah. anyhow, I'm really happy to do this because I grow through it. And, uh, and, and it's just a part of sharing life with one another. And so in our previous podcast, we've talked about uh, different types of conversations. Yes, we always started with that un- ending unproductive conversations. I love doing that, that podcast with episode. you, Bob. Yeah, I love talking about that because it was like, we, I remember we were motivated by ourselves. We we're like, oh my gosh, we brought up a topic. It just and happened. We, and we just, it was getting nowhere. And we're going, this is mm-hmm. an unproductive conversation. It's so actually then, making us feel worse yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Then, then we talked a you bit about- You know, it's a bad conversation yeah, when you, when you feel, the, when you feel worse at the end. That's not a good thing. <laughs> and not at all. Yeah. And I've had, I, yes, <laughs> yeah. I've been a part of those. <laughs> Um, Apparently that happens sometimes. Then we talked about productive conversations. <laughs> yes, I was Again, nice. a great list of yes. uh, resources that you can go back to. But today, I think, Audrey, let's just talk a little bit about a stew. Right. Uh, I was recalling in a previous con- uh, uh, podcast just recently that we are talking about potluck. Yeah. And that's, you know, maybe a word that a younger generation knows nothing about. I don't think our son Robert would have a clue of what a potluck is. Yeah, that was last week. But we do want to talk about stew. Yeah, yeah, because that has been a theme word. It's mm. really weird. I mean, how many times do you say the word stew? Like, when does that come up? <laughs> but in the last week, a couple of people have said, I was stewing. Stewing. I said, well, what did you do when your person hurt you like that? And they, you know, didn't meet your needs. And she, and then the person just said, well, I just kind of stewed. Yeah. And I went, oh, interesting. That's an interesting word that we don't always so I, use. So we began to hear and talk about it. And then it. someone else but the next just... day said, oh, he was stewing. And I went, okay, let's talk about stewing. Have you ever stewed? Because people stew. Have you ever stewed? Yes. Are you kidding me? Stewing. <laughs> I... <laughs> That's when you just get agitated and you agonize but when when, you're, when, you're, when, <laughs> when you see somebody stewing you basically just say stop Whoa. it yeah just like, quit it already that, the stewing is not serving I you have well stewed. yes i'm pretty good at okay. it <laughs> <laughs> it's 
that's it's really just suppressing all this affliction when you think about it. Anyway, or you know I'm what thinking, else it is? It's I'm about think, obsessing. Wait a I'm thinking obsessing. Sure. Yeah. I'm thinking of a pot roast, and yeah. and you make a really good well, one thanks, with thanks. an with an entire jar of jalapenos. Oh yeah, those that are one. no those those aren't jalapenos, honey. They're um, yeah, they are. pepperoncinos. Pepperoncinos. Yeah, they are not as hot as jalapenos. There's no, no way I can handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepperoncinos. Yeah. Pepper- anyway, it's very good. Pepperoncinos. Those are the ones that they put in the Olive Garden salad. Do you remember? We used to go to Olive Garden quite no, a bit. Those, those are jalapenos. Are they? They're not. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe they are. Yeah, I thought yeah, they were pepperoncinos. We dared our children to eat them. <laughs> we paid them. <laughs> we should it's not. It's called talk. entertainment. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, pepperoncinos. Oh yes. Okay. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, stewing, like stew, yeah. but, but stewing, stewing is very, very different. Stewing over something mm. is when you're tormenting yourself by obsessing over a thought that you're agonizing over. Yeah. And even that, those words, agitation, suppressing, mm. like you're mm. just letting it stew. I, <laughs> that type of agitation oh. that you have and you're just like, ugh. You know, Robert, we were talking about Robert to yeah. Robert before the, um, we were talking about preparing for this podcast and we told him about the unproductive conversations and the productive. He goes, yeah, I guess fun and just having fun would be under the unproductive. And I went, no, 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 no. That's not what we mean. Well, he goes, well, it's not productive to just sit and have fun and be silly. I said, oh yeah, it is. Oh yeah. Because we're, I, I, we plan fun. We are, we are producing intimacy, fun, mm-hmm. connection when we have fun. That's part of a connecting yeah. conversation. That's productive. And he goes, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like really productive like you're having a meeting and I said well that's you know yes we all have meetings sometimes but and they are productive but anyway so I asked him we asked him about stewing and he goes stewing he goes isn't that when you just let anger swirl around in your thoughts for a long time there you go yeah pretty much good definition Mm -hmm. that was that was thank you Robert that was a really good that's pretty much what it is Because, you know, stewing, you're basically dwelling on the negative. Yes. You're just simply dwelling on the stuff. But you look at it long enough. You obsess over it. Yes. You just keep staring at it. Another word that people would use is that they ruminate. But that's, you know, simply like a a cow, you know, just chewing on its cud. And you just keep going over and over. But it's almost to the point that you're looking at it hoping that it will speak or in some way change your life. If I look at it long enough, if I obsess over it long enough, maybe there's an answer in it, you know, that will, that will change my life. Isn't that, and it's such a myth because Mm -hmm. I just recently just um, started understanding that we are never to look at that, which we don't want to experience. Like, don't keep looking at something you don't want to experience more of Hmm. because it'll just, it'll just increase it, multiply it. It it just keeps the weakness of that image before us. And we need to turn entirely away from that experience Mm -hmm. if we want to have a new one. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's kind of where we're going to go today as far as how do we look at things? Because if we look at something and then stew over it. Then then we obsess over it. Yeah. And then it, it just you know, infiltrates every area of my life. Right. And it wrecks your day. It does. Yeah. So there are three main ingredients that I have found Uh that people have in their stew. And it's simply this fear, hurt, and loss of control. Oh, that's good. These are the three that most people when stewing, 
they're they're obsessed over a fear. Yeah. Okay. There's a, there's a deep hurt, and I'm not saying that you, you haven't experienced that hurt. person might not have met your needs. Right. They might have said but words. But there's a sense of also I'm I can't lose control here. Yes. So I obsess and I stew over regaining or retaining control. That's so interesting because all of those things to me scream self-protection. Like I've got to build up a wall in my heart. So if I stew long enough, maybe I can build a strong enough fortress that they can't get in anymore. And it starts to harden us. Like stewing really does harden our hearts just because we want to have self self-protection in place. Yeah. So we want to take some time and help you, you know, yes. in this when you find yourself stewing, because one of the things that you want to do is simply interrupt your thought pattern. And it, and it might be one that you're extremely familiar with. So in your neurological pathways, it's like a freeway and you can get, get from A to Z in a nanosecond, but mm-hmm. it's just like, wait a minute. I've, I've journeyed through, I've processed this a lot yeah. and I've even gone through, you know, forgiveness and I'm working through it. But what doesn't serve me well is when I revisit and I stew over it. And I keep looking at it. I keep keep looking looking at it it and don't look at that, which you don't want to experience. So what you want to do is begin to be able to interrupt your thoughts because your thoughts are feeding you. Yes. So what, when you interrupt your thoughts, what you want to do is feed your thoughts. Oh. Okay. So it's just a, a, a simple little flip right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again. So when I'm stewing, yeah. my thoughts are feeding me. Yeah. Worst case scenario. Yeah. That's what they're feeding me. A lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Loss of control. Yeah. Reminding me of my hurt and my pain. And it's just like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I've, I've journeyed there before. Yes. Now. I'm going to begin to speak to my fears. Yeah. You see, I'm going to begin to speak. You see, now I'm going to feed my thoughts rather than my thoughts feeding me. You're just talking about so much choice right now. Like I'm going to choose rather than let my thoughts just overtake me and think me kind of thing. I'm going to think my thoughts rather than let them think me. Yeah. So wherever there's fear, Mm -hmm. that false evidence that appears real, really what people begin to experience of me is just a lower version of myself. Yeah, when you're when you're so, stewing, yeah. that's probably a really low version of you. Mm-hmm. And I have been triggered in some way or another, and I have basically hit the panic button. Yeah. And every time that happens, it stunts my growth. And it almost throws me back into the what was. And then wow. fear comes takes over. Takes you to that last time there was you, a disconnect or even a crisis. Place, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you hear the the voices of the what ifs. Mm-hmm. What if this happens? What if that happens? And then your sympathetic nervous system begins to kick in of mm-hmm. your fight and flight. Mm-hmm. You know, and all this people are experiencing. They're like, "What's wrong with right. you?" Well. I've been stewing. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? When we are influenced by our conditions, it actually weakens our life experiences. Like, you know how you say the word love is unconditional, which I don't think any of us could ever get to the actual unconditional love. Like without, I love you without any conditions. I want to get to that perfect place of loving without any conditions. But as soon as we let the conditions influence us, then all of a sudden we are the weaker version of ourselves as well. Like all of a sudden we, you called it the lower version of ourselves, mm-hmm. but also the weaker version of ourselves because now we are privy to whatever th- those thoughts are going to take us to. And it's not a strong place. It's a strong, there's a place where you have no choice anymore. Mm-hmm. 
But then in my perceived weaker version is actually where I, I want to dominate and demonstrate and demonstrate <laughs> strength. That's true. You see? And so... Or you want to overpower more like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's when I then become... Aggressive. Well, you become reactionary. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. I'm extremely reactionary. Now I'm reacting to it. So rather than reacting to your fears, the question is, would you be willing to explore them? Mm. Because oftentimes, if you have dealt with them, if you have journeyed through you know, and you've really experienced the love of God and, and we've processed through. Because what we're talking about here is I don't want to stew, but I want to have a healing conversation. Yes. You see, what I want to do is I want to begin to find restoration. Rebuilding. You know, re- rebuilding, yes. repair. Yes. That's, that's what I want to do. So we're processing through this and forgiveness has begun its work in me and in mm-hmm. us. And so it's, instead of just reacting and mm-hmm. being explosive, I want to explore mm-hmm. because sometimes it's just a shadow or a memory of my former self or the lower me in fear. Yeah. Okay. And, or it's something of the past that is just lingering through mm-hmm. and all the what ifs begin to, to come, you know, kind of screaming at the forefront because my fear, whenever it is really powerful is when it is typically attached to a sense of my identity or worth. Hmm. So if I have a, what if, okay, what if they do this? What if this happens? What if that happens? It becomes extremely powerful in in limiting my life when it's attached to a sense of my worth. Mm. And so I I become really self-protective, as you were saying, and building those walls. Yeah. And it's so, I'm so glad we're going to the positive part of this part of the podcast. And I know you guys... Um, appreciate our, our sort of our approach here because we want to relate with you. We want to tell you that we know how it feels to stew and we've all done it. And it's all part of this. It's kind of cool, Bob, how you're describing what's inside a stew, like the hurt, the fear and the lack of control. Like I've already remember those because that's how I feel when I lose control, then I go in there and it just, it, it just torments me when I can't control and then I'm that, then I can start blaming everybody Mm -hmm. and then I don't have choice anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many times we say when we're helping people is that when you have a fear, you are controlling something Mm, because fear always always control. And I, and I thought, well, what if I'm just scared about my kids getting hurt? Well, then we control, like we don't know, we might be doing it in the nicest of ways. It Mm -hmm. might feel like it's a nice way, but anytime we have fear, we will go into control mode. And so fear is very paralyzing, very restricting, very limiting. And um, I'm all about not having a fearful relationship, like a fearful heart in any way. Because when you're fearful, you'll blow things up with your imagination. You'll distort and you will exaggerate all the time. That's true. And it's almost as though people walk into the landmine. Yeah. You know, because you've been stewing over it already. Yes. And they walk in and they're guilty again. That's just me right? such an interesting, it's, you know, when someone's, when you're not expecting it and someone's been stewing and you walk into it, it's like, I didn't know you were, you were stewing. I didn't yeah, know what I, I was, didn't know. it was kind of like, I, I, I was just ready to have some fun. I guess not because I guess we're stewing. I guess you've been stewing. Cause that's, it brings a, a quite an atmosphere when someone's been stewing for a while. 
Because what I'm doing is I'm harboring resentment. Yeah. I'm harboring that unforgiveness. Yes. And too often people then go to a place of punishment. Mm-hmm. I want you to pay again mm-hmm. for the hurt that I've experienced. I just want to um, bring also attention to how valid your hurt is. Like you say, it's about hurts hurt. are real. Hurts are real. They are valid. There's been an injustice. There's all kinds of... You know, we're not minimizing. I yeah. hope you don't hear us minimizing or no. dismissing the the validity of your hurt. That's right. not what it is. But we do know that the longer you look at it, the more you'll experience yeah. more of it. Right. And then I, I, I want to give you this word of, of uh, precaution. And that's simply this. Uh, don't make decisions when stewing. Okay. <laughs> It's real important. Sabotage. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to make a poor decision. Yeah. You know, force and control will always be there and you'll make a decision that will validate your fear. Yeah. Because of the belief of your heart, now you've been stewing long enough that you want to force mm-hmm. that perception on the other person or the situation simply to validate my fear. It's true. But when you are stewing, you think you need to make a decision. Like when you're stewing long enough, it also, it, it, it also screams that right. you need to decide, are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? Are you going to stay? Are you going to go? Like all of a sudden stewing can really start like, pressuring you to make a decision. And you are so right, Bob. It is not a good yeah. time to make a decision. So an ingredient of, of the stew is fear. Then the other one is hurt. Mm-hmm. And hurts do take time to heal, yes. as you were saying. Yes. And the the simple question to this that I want to ask is, when will you choose to forgive? Hmm. And I know that in, in my life, you know, forgiveness has really been a, a big process. And it's one of those greatest gifts that I can give myself, and that is to take the offense and send it away, to take the hurt and send it away. And then from there, we have a choice of how we will reconcile. Mm -hmm. And those are two very, very different, but hurts are very real. And sometimes when you're stewing, you're remembering the pain Mm -hmm. and the pain is, is real as well, but you cannot lose sight of the dream. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that we're lose sight because as we move through the podcast over to the resolve and over to the repair part of, we're just going to give you some very practical ways that you can really turn from the conditions you've been looking at and stewing over and turn to a new point of view where you're going to restore your sight. So I'm just really glad that you mentioned that because we're not going to keep you here in this place Mm -hmm. of, of discourage, like this is not discouraging. This is exciting because we have strategy where you don't have to stew anymore. And remember, you can't change what you don't notice. Exactly. And I don't want you to just simply make an excuse. Well, because I've been hurt. I deserve know, to stew. I get to stew. Yeah. You know, because I never this thought been... I'd say the word <laughs> stew so many times in one day. <laughs> but yeah, it's true. Does hurt hurt will scream at you, you get to stew yeah. as long as you want. Mm-hmm. And then you, there you go, sabotaging your day. Like, how did that feel? Yeah. Well, the third ingredient is loss of control. And that's simply where your expectations, the question is, is how will they unfold? Yeah. We have, with with loss of control, the fear of losing control, you have all kinds of ex- expectations. And when reality doesn't match our expectations, we tend to feel that loss of control. 
So I've imposed on you a lot of expectations Mm -hmm. and, and I feel safe when I can control them, Mm -hmm. you know, and even impose and enforce them on you. You know, it's so interesting when people leave our home after a three day intensive, one of the last things we do, it's not cookie cutter, it's different for every person, but something that we do really try and mention is now you've learned a lot but now are you going to go home and you can't measure each other? Hmm. You know, because once you start measuring and, and um, you know, deciding that it's all about whether that person is going to do their part, whether you'll do your part, then all of a sudden it's like the party will not get started. The hope party won't get started. Yeah. And we're all about the hope party. We mm-hmm. love it when we start looking at peace and joy and possibilities and even probabilities. When you start to apply these things to your life and align yourself with heaven's best, things can turn around. So begin to imagine if you're less afraid, more healed from all the past hurt. Mm-hmm. And you are able to let go of some of the stuff yes. that you are never intended to carry. Imagine. And that you shouldn't really be controlling. How much less anxious would you be feeling? Hmm. How would that change your life or your state of being? How would it begin to change or influence your relationships, but ultimately your life? I'm telling you, you would be a different person. And you, you will be a different person. You will person. be. You and you are a different person. And you person. will attract yes. you know, a, better things to your life, more opportunities, healthier relationships. You would start to, to actually begin to see the world in a different way. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. Never look at that which you don't want to experience. On the opposite, look at all the things you do want mm-hmm. to experience. Look at that. Because then you can go from a place that is extremely narrow and restrictive yeah. to a place that is far more broad or, or wide, open, space, spacious places. Because I would really want you to feel happier. Yes. And happiness is contagious. Yes, it is. And imagine, again, imagine, ignite your ability from God, the gift from God to imagine running in those spacious places, imagine connecting, imagine hugging, imagine great conversations with a happy resolve. Imagine the harmony between us as we start to connect. Like though, that's where I want to use the imagination mm-hmm. that God has given me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I want to look at that, which I want to experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be afraid of my fears. Right. I'm going to begin to explore them because there's an ex- there's a greater love yet for me to experience that will expel all my fear. As we're going through the podcast, we're actually going to begin the process of forgiving so that we can heal, of letting go of things that we don't need to take control of. And you might be saying, this is a little simple. Well, it is simple because I don't think it needs to be complicated but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy. Keep it simple. Don't complicate things. But there is a way to step away from constructing a stew in your life (laughs) of fear, hurt, and the loss of control. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Several years ago, I felt play, I I identified two of my core fears were um, fear of the future and fear of failure. And 
I, I remember the process, but I ignited my imagination and I was walking in the desert and I stopped and I, and I imagined Jesus walking beside me through the desert mm-hmm. and he's invisible, um, but he's real. And I think the more that we make in the invisible, more visible in our imagination, the more we start to see that which we want to experience. I mean, that's just a perfect example. I want to, you know, ex- I, I will experience that which I see and what I look at. And so I imagined Jesus walking beside me and we stopped and in the distance, I imagined fear of failure and fear of the future wanting to um, annihilate me. And Jesus, I just imagined him with a bow and arrow and we both lifted our bow and arrows. I know he did it, but he just, you know, just once and for all, let's be overcomers and not listen to the empty lies that fear wants to tell us, a fear of failure or fear of the future, because they are absolute myths. And when we don't listen to them or pay attention anymore, they're gone. And it was just a quick little bow and arrow. And I, and I laughed as I walked away with Jesus. And I said, I'm so glad I don't have to look at those anymore. And I get to just walk and talk with you. And some people might say, wow, Audrey, like that sounds pretty, pretty like, ooh, but you know, it's very powerful because our hearts don't know the difference between invisible and visible. So when we make the invisible visible, we begin to live with confidence and live with joy and live with resolve and live with such a bright hope for the future and the happiness that you've been talking about. So you don't have to have an experience like mine, have your experience and you don't have to do it like me. But I like to share sometimes examples of how I apply this to my life just to in case it inspires you, you know, in case you're similar to me and you want to ignite your imagination, it's very powerful because your, your imagination is more than just making stuff up. Mm-hmm. It's actually coming into agreement yeah. with God's reality. Ephesians 1 verses 18 and 19. So take time and read that. I'm going to give you a Bob paraphrase of okay. that. And it's simply this, the eyes of your imagination are enlightened to see the glorious inheritance and power that I have been called into. That's the eyes of my imagination. And may they be enlightened to see the glorious inheritance and power that I've been called into. That's the invitation. And this is where a life of faith really begins because I want to not only trust, but in my trust, it's not a leap into the unknown, but into the absolute. Yes. And so I really trust him and I begin to see the end from the beginning. So now let's talk about what do we do when we, we um, all of a sudden found ourselves that we've been mm. stewing. How can we, how can we step out of that in a really practical way? And the first thing I would encourage you and invite you to do is just involve and recognize the presence of God. You're not alone because if you've been stewing, you've been hurt. Yeah. And so just, you know, close your eyes and imagine God beside you and, and see the expression on his face. Enjoy his, like, let him put his hand on your shoulder and involve God, involve his mm. reality, his presence to um, take the power of that stew away and the, the pressure away. And instead of thinking of the offense and the images that keep, keep you know, infringing themselves and imposing themselves in front of you, now you can start thinking about Jesus and you think of him next to you. He's your healer. Mm-hmm. He loves you. He gives you mercy. You can turn and align yourself mm-hmm. with the reality mm-hmm. of his peace, his joy, right. his harmony. So I guess the first one would be involve 
Hmm. the presence of God and recognize sure. that you're not alone. He's right there beside uh, you. And as I said earlier, you know, you want to interrupt that train of thought. Yeah. Because it's going to take you places where you really don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And when you're stewing, you stay there longer than you ever intended on staying. Okay. So what you want to do is that when you do notice, what you don't want to bring is further punishment towards the other person. Okay. And you don't even want to inflict that up upon yourself. So what you want to do is begin to interrupt that thought. Yes. Take that thought captive. Yeah. Okay. And really invite his presence in because his, he being Jesus is the only one who's allowed to tell you who you really are. Yeah. So before these what if questions begin to surface, you allow him to affirm to your own heart, the truth of your identity, your dignity and worth. Yeah. And then the second thing we do is we need to recover sight. Mm-hmm. So first of all, you recognize God's presence. And then number two, we need to re- ask God to recover your sight. Yeah. You might, I, it may feel as though it's an impossible situation. Yeah. You may want to pray, God, help that person to see what they did to me. Hmm. But really it's you that gets to recover sight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, just ask him to recover your sight of where he sees you at that beautiful lake inside of you call at the bottom of you called calm, you know, go and go and imagine yourself in that lake of peace and calm and, and receive peace that passes all understanding. See where you are through his God's eyes. And then, you know, what happens next is all of a sudden when you're recovered sight, you can start now seeing through new eyes. And so, um, all of a sudden you can see the person through new eyes. It's just wild how that happens. And, you know, they haven't been perfect, but forgive them for not being perfect, but then start to see them and convince your own heart that they're God's creation, that God made that person who'd hurt you. And if you can see through their imperfection and see them through the eyes of God, then you've got a superpower. Then it's like, you know what, now that I feel so loved by God, I can look at that person who just hurt me and say, you know what, they're obviously hurt themselves, but I want to see them through those eyes. Audrey, let me add this thought to this. I'm, I'm liking this because I need to see. Mm-hmm. And when we're in pain, it can be extremely blinding. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I, I want to have new sight. I really want to experience the love of God. But then it's his mercy, his mercy that triumphs over my judgment and my hardness of heart. And so I need to allow his mercy to fill me that I would be then merciful to others. Because you, again, I'm just reminding you of the things you know so very well. And that is you can't give away what you don't first have. So if you caught yourself in a stew fest, Mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, I'm not seeing right. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus opened my eyes. You know, I want to see others differently. I want to see myself differently. And I'm, and you really are the only one that's allowed to tell me who I truly am. And now I experience mercy. And in experiencing that mercy, now it triumphs over a hardness of my heart and my judgments. And now I you freely can feel the relief. give yes, mercy. Yes, I'm feeling the relief as you're saying this. And, you know, you guys, as you're listening to this, it seems simple, but it is the most powerful thing that you don't have to do this alone like receiving that mercy that you talk about, Bob, that's the only way we're going to triumph over all the judging thoughts that we're stewing over. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I suggest just for your own heart, 
write down a few things that you love about that person, either make a note on your phone or even That's a good. piece of paper. Mm-hmm. This is what I love about this person. Start mm. letting your heart agree with, remind, remind yourself. yourself of good memories, remind yourself when of there the was a connection, mm-hmm. like anything you can imagine and what you could thank them for. Boy, I thank them that they're this. Mm-hmm. And then the last step now is to actually engage in a conversation with a person that you've been stewing over. And that's, that's, that's a repairing conversation because now you can engage with them and just say, listen, I have been stewing and I'm just coming to you with vulnerability and patience. And I want to be quick to own my part of this. So this is when you know that your mood yeah. Has changed the mood. Yes, it has. Okay. So right. you're taking personal responsibility. Yeah, here. you're choosing it. Right. You're and what you life. want to do is repair. Yeah. This is the conversation of repairing yeah. uh, the relationship. So you're quick to okay. own it. Rather than judge them, you're mm-hmm. quick to own your part of stewing. I'm sorry I've been stewing. Yeah. With patience, you can listen to what they have to say. And third, you can be vulnerable. And and um and then four, just ask, what would you what could, what would you like from me that could make your life more wonderful? I just love that question. (laughs) What would you like from me to make your life more wonderful? And Bob, I recently heard a story just this week from a wife that had a great report about this very thing. Okay. And um, what had happened was she had gone to bed late. They were both overtired. That happens to the best of us, right? We're both overtired. When her husband came to bed, he was... We had one of those incidents yeah, this week. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were overtired. <laughs> that's right. Well, I mean... We become the lower version well, of well, ourselves. We, yeah, you experienced... <laughs> we experienced each other's lower version. Yeah. <laughs> but again, but we had a conversation mm-hmm. because we could have just left it. Yeah. And then the other person would have been left stewing. Right. What really went on. Yes. And when we, we have had, resolved to the stew. Exactly. So when, when we brought resolve, then it was just like, okay, that may have been a part of it. Mm-hmm. But again, lower version. version, lower version of myself was always fear. Yeah. Okay. That sense of losing control. Yeah. And what? Hurt. And some past hurt. Right. Exactly. You see? And, and, and loss, you of con- it, yeah. loss of control can even be loss of sleep because you couldn't control how much you sleep. And now you feel out of control because right. you're overtired and then you're lowering your version of yourself. And th- that's what was happening with his wife that was sharing with me. Yeah, yeah. She, she said, so we're where's both, the mercy? Right. So they there. were both overtired. She had just fallen asleep and then her husband came to bed really loud. Oh. I'm sure this has happened to some of us. So he did something very loud and now she was awake. And she, he just, she just said, she said something. She said, oh, like I was finally asleep and now you woke me up. Well, now that husband feels inadequate or he didn't mean to, it wasn't, he didn't wake her up on purpose. And then it turned into a conversation and it wasn't a good one. It was like, oh man, now they're really awake. Now we're really talking. And so the, the, this is, <laughs> I can hear this and it's almost the recipe for a horrible night. Yeah, it is. Cause you're so you know, ready. Everyone, everyone the has these deep heart conversations oh, in the middle goodness. of the night. So the wife oh. who had just gotten woke up was ready for it. She had been preparing. She had been really doing these okay, other so steps. This more than likely sounds like a pattern. Yes. Okay. But, but she was ready to choose her feelings. She's been okay. choosing life now for month after month. She doesn't get, she's decided not to have buttons or triggers or to be scared. She's okay. going. So when this happened. Uh, so I'm dealing with me. Yeah. Taking personal responsibility. So she did. And she quickly did. Okay. She 
she was quick to own it. She goes, you know what? I am so sorry to snap like that. Of course you didn't mean to. You, I believe the best in you. You wow. did not mean to do that. And um, with patience and vulnerability, she listened to him. And then she found out that he had been stewing for two days uh, for oh. already about something else. So so the plot thickened. Uh-huh. And he talked about his stew for a couple of, uh, <laughs> I don't know how long. <laughs> I want to talk about my stew. <laughs> I, I've talked about my stew. Yeah. And then he, he said, he actually said, but what can I do to help? And she said, I Sometimes am. this podcast is, is too painfully honest. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am, we've all, we've all been there. Yeah. Seriously. And then he says, well, what, what, thankfully he said, well, what could I do? What's, he didn't say what, what would you like for me to make uh-huh. your life more wonderful? He might not say in those words, but yeah. basically listen, it's been a long conversation. Yeah. It's time for us to go to bed. Is there something that I could do? And she said, Thank you for asking. She said, when you have a thought towards me that I've offended you in some way, that I've given you a look or I've given you some words that hurt your feelings, can you tell me about it right away? And can, or can you at least not stew about it? Because one negative thought turns into an entire train and then the next thought and the next thought and the next thought. And before you're long, your negative thoughts towards me are turning into a belief about me. And now you're, you're, you're looking for evidence that that's me. And he, she goes, and I feel sabotaged. I didn't even know you were stewing. So I would love for you to really be aware of your negativity and just mm-hmm. not stew for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like let's stop the stew as yeah. quick as possible. Yeah. And he heard it and he went, you're right. I do that. It's yes. I wow. have a, I have a couple where both of them are saying, I'm willing to do my part. Yeah. And he says, I do that. I'm going to, I'm going to be aware of that and let's do this together. We're not going to do the stew thing. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how that goes. That was just this week, but I'm pretty proud of both of them for just not choosing that negativity and not choosing to stew in the anger. It's very powerful. <laughs> Well, Audrey, I haven't heard a story that is more apropos. Yes, for the stew. (laughs) For the stew. I mean, we should have started with that story. That is really, really something. Mm -hmm. Because there, you know, our fears, they can collide with one another. They can play off of each other. We can generate and even orchestrate an entire fear dance. You know, mm-hmm. where we're just kind of my, my fear plays off of yours and then we hurt one another and now we're in fear of losing control and we can go to our own corners and mm-hmm. just stew. And as you were saying in that story, they, uh, you know, one thought leads to another thought yes. that leads to another. The train of thoughts the are real. The train of thoughts are real. Yeah. But then what you're going to do is you're going to look for further evidence yes. to validate my yeah, fear. And that's what, and she that's explained. what I said at the beginning. Yeah. It's exactly what happened. She explained happened. it to him and he caught it and he went, you're right. She goes, let's not do that. Let's just not do that. Right. And I think that that's what we did too. We caught it quick and we said, let's not let this go more than yeah, yeah. as long as like, we yeah. don't want this to continue. No. It happens. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to stew. Yeah. Because I felt, I felt I was a little more right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but isn't that, isn't that what happens? <laughs> you feel as though you're justified. Yes. And then what do you want to do? Prove that you're right. Yes. And, and then. Punish the other one Punish a the bit. other person. Just a little. Yeah. Just a little silent treatment. 
little yeah. mood. I'll teach you. Yeah. I'll oh. train you. Yeah. I'll control you. Yeah. <laughs> no, this this is it. Yeah. This is it. Okay. Well, I think we've covered this, you guys. I'm going to write an article about it so you can look at the <laughs> <Okay>. articles. <laughs> so, Are you ready to be done? Yeah. We can okay. We can lay down, we can lay this out in, sure. in the accompanying article. But yeah. you guys, I really believe that there is incredible hope. This this goes with all relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually really an individual yeah. thing of choosing not to steal. Yeah. And I know that you've heard me uh, use this quote many, many times. And it's one of the my most favorite when it comes to the area of forgiveness. And it's by Louis B. Smedes, mm. S-M-E-D-E-S, Louis Smedes. And, uh, and it says this, forgiving does not erase the bitter past. A healed memory is not a deleted memory. Instead, forgiving what we cannot forget creates a new way to remember. Yes. We change the memory of our past into a hope for our future. Yes. That's powerful. It is because we can recreate a memory from a heavenly point of view. And that is the power that we have with the mind and imagination that God has given us. Mm-hmm. And so the book that I'm referencing here is uh, The Art of Forgiving. Mm. And it is a fabulous book. And I really encourage, good. you know, rather than me, you know, doing several podcasts on forgiving, you know, I'll just keep interjecting it because it is the cornerstone of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And for me to harbor unforgiveness mm-hmm. uh, against my spouse, you know, against others. Uh, it's just not the life of God. And it robs me from experiencing peace. Yeah. We really thank you for hanging in there with us as we just, uh, just really speak our passion. I mm-hmm. hope you feel our passion, but a quote that I've been quoting a lot today is, is simply this, never look at that, which you don't want to experience. I've said it a few times, but don't look at that, which you don't want to experience. Mm -hmm. Look at that, which you do want to experience. Looking at all the God perspective Mm -hmm. of, of who your, who your, your, your family is and who they are in God's eyes. Mm -hmm. And as I referenced Ephesians one, you know, I know my past, but I imagine my future according to him and his mercy, his power. And then I attach great faith to everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And with that, everything that I do then begins to create life and things change. And as you were saying, you know, as we were preparing uh, for today, Andre, you're just saying we have to choose life and speak life. That's right. And things will change. They absolutely will. Well, thanks for joining us, you guys. We'll see you next time. Absolutely. And we love being with you. Yeah. Bye-bye.